All right, come on, 10 o'clock. You excited to be in church this morning? You excited to be in God's house? And love you guys so much. And um, if it's your first time here, my name is Michael. You just heard from my wife, Amanda. And you might be wondering, like, why didn't he go bail her out? And it's because I was having my own issues down there. So I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't do it. So I apologized to her backstage. I said, I was, I was all jacked up and then you made it worse, babe. So, um, Man, I feel the presence of God in the house this morning, though, don't you guys? I feel like he's here. I feel like he's here to meet with us and speak to our hearts, and, and I'm so thankful for that. Um, would love it if you call True Life home, if you would help me just welcome anyone who's a first-time guest as well as anyone watching online this morning. Come on. Can we say hello? We're so glad you're joining us this morning. Come on, do better. Do better, do better, do better. And, uh, you know, like right behind Jesus, you know, he's the most important person here today, but right behind him is is the guest those of you who are here for the first time and so we're we're thrilled that you're spending some time with us this morning if uh, if it's your first time with us here in person or online and um, I, I am so excited about the next week or two here uh, as a church family there's um, some leaders that we learn from and follow who use this language called stacking dominoes they talk about stacking dominoes uh, in certain seasons of the life of your church so that you, you tap that first domino and it sets off a season of momentum. And uh, I, I, I am not nearly as strategic as those guys are, and, um, but I think the Holy Spirit has helped us get to a season right now uh, where we, we are going to experience that. It started with 21 days of prayer and fasting, and that's, that was our first domino and just inviting the Holy Spirit to have his way with our lives and, and with our church in 2022. And uh, and then there's a bunch of stuff happening just even over the next seven days. And I hope that you'll be able to participate. Uh, I'm going to talk about a few of these things here this morning that some of them are already in church news, but I just want to add a little bit of extra emphasis. But uh, uh, one of them I don't, I don't have a slide for, and I'm just asking for your participation in, in maybe a unique way. Uh, on Tuesday of this week, uh, we will gather with over 200 pastors and leaders, spiritual leaders, church leaders from our region uh, just for a day of equipping and encouragement and friendship. And um, the statistics on pastors and spiritual leaders going through burnout and quitting um, or making some choices that force them to quit are just, they've always been trending uh, in, a, in a direction that's not great, but they're like really bad right now. I mean, they're, they're real bad. And... Um, and, and a lot of that happens for the same reason that sin happens in your life. You get isolated, you get alone, you're just trying to keep up appearances, and next thing you know, you've done something that you're ashamed of and something that's going to cost you dearly. Um, everybody sins, everybody messes up. The difference between my role and yours is when I sin, somebody's going to write about it in the newspaper. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's the difference. And, um, and so uh, I just am praying that God would use this day there's a lot of leaders who are struggling. They're honestly, they're in seasons of depression. With COVID, there are churches that still don't have their meeting spaces back. They were portable churches and have not been able to get a permanent facility yet. So they were meeting in schools or movie theaters or for whatever reason, you know, they're not able to go back into those places yet. And they're doing the best they can, but it's, it is taking a toll on them. And so would you help me this week, uh, especially over today and tomorrow, would you help me pray for all of those leaders can we just ask God to show up on Tuesday and that, that anybody who's in, in spiritual leadership, church leadership, who's isolated, who doesn't have friends, uh, who's maybe in an unhealthy place, would take some steps, would, would gain some friendships, would, uh, I, I just, I'm going to, I'm, my personal mission Tuesday, and, and I don't even know why I get to do this, I get to stand on a platform in front of these leaders and, and with people who are way more qualified than me to say anything to them at all, uh, but I've just... I just feel like God has, has put it in my heart. Like, I'm, I'm going on a rescue mission Tuesday. Like, I'm going to find people who don't have a friend, and I'm going to be a friend. That's, that's my deal. And um, would you just help me pray for leaders this week? Can, can, would you all jump on board with that? Are you with me? Quick show of hands. You say, hey, I'll just I'll pray for leaders. Because here's what I know. Our region doesn't need fewer healthy churches and leaders. It needs more healthy churches and leaders. Can I get an amen? It needs more. And, um, and so if there's anything we can do to strengthen those who have uh, chosen to invest in their lives in ministry, then, then we're going to do that. And 100% of us are called to ministry. Some of us 
do it vocationally, but all of us are called, and so let's, um, let's be the body and lift them up this week. It's going to be an awesome, awesome day on Tuesday, and, uh, and we just, we thought, you know, let's just make sure we're all really tired by the time February 14th rolls around, and so we'll go from that to some leadership stuff here with our staff uh, here at the church, and, um, and then Friday and Saturday, marriage conference. Let me first talk about tonight. Uh, five o'clock is Life Track. Life Track no longer, starting today, no longer happens on Sunday mornings. It has now been moved to Sunday evenings. Uh, and, and really, here's our heart behind this. Um, I'm going to be there in person teaching step one. Step one is all about helping you decide, is this home? Should I make true life home? Is this my spiritual family? And what does it mean to be home? And I want to tell you that it means more than just showing up on Sundays. It really does. In fact, if all you do is show up on Sundays, statistics tell us you won't stay because you'll miss out on the best parts of being in a church family. And uh, so if you're still trying to decide, like, is this the place or not, why don't you come hang out with us? I'm going to do a little teaching on what our church is all about and then just hang and answer questions. My wife Amanda will be there. Our, our staff will be there. And the whole reason we've moved Lifetrack to Sunday evenings is so that we can connect relationally. We've we just kind of figured out, like, people don't want to be put in a pipeline or a process. They need connection. They need to be seen and heard and connected with. And, um, and so it's not too late. You could just show up. And here's the best part. Even if you don't like it, we'll have free food. So, I mean, like, and child care. Come on. How many of y'all could use another hour without your kids? You know what I'm saying? Like, like some of you need that. All right. So, so Life Track, 5 o'clock tonight. Would, would love to spend some time with you. We're going to do everything we possibly can to teach as many of these in person as possible. There will be some times that travel interferes with that, but the win of Life Track would be to connect with you relationally, get to know you a little bit. And then Friday and Saturday is Thrive Conference. Um, COVID's messed with us a little bit, all right? So I was, I was praying for like 300 people. We're not going to hit that because um, there's some people who are still nervous about gathering in a crowd. But we still have had a great response. And... Um, and we really need your help. If you're planning to attend Thrive, you need to sign up today, all right? I just, I don't know that we can make sure we have food and everything that we need if we extend registration past today. It was originally scheduled to close today. Uh, and don't you dare let money be the reason you don't sign up, all right? You come find me, you, another staff member, you stop at the info desk and you just say, hey, I need to be at Thrive, uh, but we're in a tough season and we get it. I've been there, been through that myself. We, we totally understand, uh, but I believe God has anointed our church to serve marriages and families uh, in this season, and I'm excited. I'm excited for what is going to happen on this weekend, and Thrive's only going to grow, so, so just don't be the person that calls us on Wednesday, and you're like, can I get in? Because I'm, I'm just begging you. Even if you have to ignore me for the first 10 minutes of the message right now and get on your phone and sign up for Thrive, go do it, all right? And uh, if you're single and you want to be a part of Thrive, like kind of hear some stuff and that's what I did. That's in our, before I was married, I was reading married books, marriage books. I, I wanted to know what it was going to take to be a, a good husband. You know, I, I know that our events team probably still has some openings to come serve and help us serve all of these couples at Thrive. So you could stop by the info desk or let us know on a connection card if you'd like to be a part of that. And then we just really wanted to be tired by the time Monday rolled around. So uh, Sunday is our 10-year anniversary. So I'm basically asking you to camp out at church for th three days beginning Friday night. Come on, y'all with me? All right, and we're gonna celebrate. Can you believe it's been 10 years? 10 years together as a church family, we're gonna throw a big old party. Uh, Pastor Dino Rizzo, um, the executive director for the Association of Related Churches is going to be here to celebrate with us and encourage us uh, at our 10-year anniversary service. And again, free food. So, like, you don't want to miss this, all right? So uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to party prepackaged, COVID-safe, but free food. Come on, can I hear an amen, everybody? And um, no? Come on, free stuff at church. And you all know church calories don't count. So come on. It's going to be a good, it's going to be a good morning. All right. Uh, last one, our winter spring groups kick off next weekend on the 13th. That's a 13-week semester. I think technically it's a trimester because we do three of them. But, uh, and you can find all of the group listings. There will be a couple late additions this week. But truelife.church forward slash groups. Huge thank you to every single person who is leading a group. I got really excited when I saw how many fresh start groups there are this semester. Uh, so... Make sure that you're in a group. In fact, I'm going to spend the entirety of our time together today to try to, trying to convince you 
that this is healthy and scriptural and that you should be in a group and on a team. Uh, it, it's, it's critical to your spiritual development. And I know, even if you don't know how to articulate it, I know that 100% of the people listening to this message right now, deep down, you don't want to stay where you're at. You want to progress. You want to grow. You want to get better. And the good news for you is Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, I will build, come on, everybody say it, my church. Come on, say it again. I will build my church. That's you. He's building you. He's building me. He's building his people. And, um, and so we've been talking about what kind of church he's building, what, he, what he's asking us to do, and what kind, what kind of people he wants us to be. We're talking about how we grow, how, how do we get better. And there's a passage in your Bible, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 8, that I think describes where a lot of people are right now so well, so well. It says, this is the case of a man who is all, everybody say it, alone, all alone, without a child or brother. By the way, this applies to women as well. Yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can. And this, this is what happens. If you, if you really don't have people, then you just start trying to fill your life with other things. It's kind of the world we live in anyway, like tells you, like you just got to get as much as you can, accumulate as much as you can. But then you start asking yourself, who am I doing this for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? And I, I think that's part of what's happening in our world right now is you've got a lot of people who are going, what am I doing this for? Why am I... Why am I killing myself? Well, what's this for? It's all so meaningless and depressing. Come on, aren't you glad you came to church today? <laughs> it's just depressing. And, and there's even a name for it, right? We're going through this thing they call the great, y'all have heard it, come on. The great resignation, not the great depression. That's already happened. The great resignation. The great, we're going through this thing called the, the great resignation right now, right? And you'll, you'll hear a lot of opinions on this and people talking about this. And, and um, you know, there's even some, some people who, who say, well, people are just lazy. They just don't want to work. They just want to take for themselves. And, and um, you know, there's probably some of that going on. But if I, if I had to guess, you want to know what I think is actually going on in the hearts of people? is you've got two years now of extreme isolation. People doing life by themselves. And I don't know about you, but when I'm depressed, I don't want to do nothing. I don't want to do anything. Get me depressed on a rainy day, I ain't even getting out of bed. Come on, y'all with me? I mean, I might not get out of bed on a rainy day anyway, but get me depressed on a rainy day? Come on. Like, I'm sleeping in. Come on, anybody else? You with me? Like, you just don't want to do anything. Like, and then you start going, like, what am I doing it for anyway? What am I, and I think there's a lot of that going on in our world right now. You might even be feeling that today. Like, what am I doing? Why does it feel like I try harder and I'm worse off? I work harder and nothing gets better. I, I, I try to find things to fill my, my life and my heart emotionally, and I still just come up empty. I, I think there's a lot of that going on in our world right now. Why, why am I giving up so much? And, it's, and it leaves us feeling like empty and depressed. And then, in the very next verse, we kind of get the answer to this problem when it says, two people are what? Come on, say it. Two people are better off than one. So like, you weren't made to be alone. It's not okay. This is why I'm going to get myself in trouble here. Because it's not political for me. It's really not. But I, I have a responsibility in my role to try to keep my finger on, like, how are people doing? And how's their spiritual development? And, like, I've just come to the conclusion, you guys, I'm not okay with avoiding one type of death so that everybody can die a hundred other ways. Okay, I'm the only one that feels that way. But you should just know that's how I'm going to lead the church. Like, I'm going to keep calling you to community. I'm going to keep calling you into relationship. Because even if you avoid one form of sickness, you might be sick in here. Or you might be sick in here. Come on, is anybody else with me this morning? 
and I'm not okay with it. And my job is to help move you closer to Jesus and move you closer to the body of Christ. And so I just can't stop doing my job because of what's going on in the world around us. Say amen if you're with me. All right. And so two are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. I'm just saying Valentine's Day is coming and it's in the wintertime for a reason. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Watch this. Let me give you like the True Life Church version of this. Two is good. A group is even better. Three are even better. Come on, somebody. All right? Like you, one friend's good. A small group's even better. Come on. Can I hear an amen? A group's even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And 10 years ago, we started saying it this way, and I think we were on to something. And I'm going to give it to you in the form of a math equation. If you, if you can find some friends and you can find an authentic relationship with God and you can put those things, to, you can marry those things together, you can find the best version of life you're ever going to live. That's why we called it True Life Church. True Life Church. It's, it's like if you, can, if you can get these things together, then... You, you can, you're on to something. Because you and I were never meant to live in isolation. In fact, did you know that the original problem for humankind, for humans, was not sin? The first problem that human beings ever faced was loneliness. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be what? Alone. I'll make a helper who is just right for him. Even the first sin, sin wasn't the problem. Isolation was. What did, what did the serpent do before he tricked Eve? He got her separated from Adam. He got her alone. And said, is, is it really true that you can't eat this fruit? Is it really what God said? And by the way, for all of you gender maniacs out there who think that it's all women's fault that there's sin, I just wanted you to know I am absolutely convinced that if the serpent would have gotten Adam alone, he would have screwed it up too, all right? So, so can, can I just can I get an amen like this morning, all right? So just knock it off with that mess. The, and here's how I know. You've done some stuff alone. That's when we make our worst mistakes is when we're by ourselves, Right? Men and women. Like one of us is not uh, immune to that. When you're separated from community, the first thing before the serpent tempts Eve to sin, the first thing he does is he gets her out of community. Out of community. Which, interesting fact here, and I don't want to start any controversy or, or get into the theology of this, but I just think it is a little bit, it's kind of interesting. If you study Hebrew, the names Adam and Eve are not proper Hebrew names. Did y'all know that? They actually reference male and female human. In other words, Adam and Eve reveal to us the original problems of mankind. Isn't that interesting? They, 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 they reveal to us the original problems for men and women. And so this is important today because this is our focus as a church, not just today and in this message and not just in this 13-week small group semester, but this is kind of the thing that God has called us to in 2022. It's it's written on a whiteboard in our meeting room there that we, we are not putting people on a spiritual conveyor belt. We are building authentic community. It's what we do. It's what we're doing. And so I just kind of want to talk about what that does because authentic community will, it'll do some things for you. In fact, when we teach about what happens in a group, we tell people, like, there's a few things you can find. And I changed it a little bit today because I wanted them all to rhyme. All right, so number one, you can find some connection. You can find some connection with some other people. 
All my people who've, who've participated in small groups and you've made a connection with a friend, I want you just to say amen right now. Come on, say it. Amen, amen. amen. So you, you find some connection. You find a friendship. You find a relationship. You also find a little bit of protection. Like small groups are like Vegas, all right? Whatever happens in a group, it stays in the group. It's got to be a place where you can protect each other. You, it's good to have a friend. I had a friend growing up from elementary school all the way through high school, best man in my wedding. His name was Brandon. And the way Brandon and I rolled was, you mess with one of us, you mess with both of us. Come on, you need a friend like that. You need somebody who's got your back. You need somebody who will give you a little bit of protection. And then watch this. I just, I'm so proud of myself for getting these to rhyme. You'll also get a little bit of direction. Come on. Come on, just a little clap for the rhyming this morning. <laughs> this is what happens in community. Authentic connection, because that's what the body is. It's connected. A little bit of help. Somebody that's got your back. Somebody who's looking out for you. And then somebody who's reminding you what your purpose is and what you were made for and what you were called to do. And that's why Paul says in Romans 12, 5, since we are all one body in Christ, we, everybody say the next word, belong to each other. And each of us, everybody say this one, needs all the others. And see, there's a reason why you're like needs. Because a lot of us have, whether it's wounds from our family or a broken friendship or just kind of getting caught up in all of the divisiveness that exists in our world today. There's a lot of us who have come to the conclusion that, like, I don't need anybody. I don't need people. I don't even like people. And um, I want to say this as gently as I possibly can. You're wrong. You're wrong. And it's proven in the way God made you, in your design. It's proven throughout his word that we were not meant to do life alone. We need each other. Say amen, even if you're not liking it. We, we need each other. And so I've uh, come to the conclusion that at least once a year, I need to teach you this exactly the way I'm going to teach it. So 12 months from now, I guarantee you, within the next 12 months, you're going to hear these exact four words again, the exact same way that I'm going to say it today, because I have learned vision leaks. It, it leaks. And if you're a parent, you know this because you've said this to your kids. How many times do I have to see? It leaks. And so um, I'm just going to, at least once a year, I'm going to remind you that there are four parts of your personality that you need to be aware of and you need to be intentional with how you handle it so that you don't miss out on everything God wants to do in your life. All right? And here's the first one. It's what we call the arena. We used to teach this in life track. It's the arena. This, this is, or the public arena. This is the part of my life that I know and you know. Now, I'm probably more transparent than most. I, I tend to be even a little hyper-transparent up here because I just don't know how to teach other than to just be honest about what's going on in my world. Other people can do it. I just can't. It's the way I'm wired to the point that it's probably awkward for you guys sometimes, and I'm sorry. But the truth is, as transparent as I have been in front of you as a church family, there's still stuff I'm not going to tell you on a Sunday. Like, I'm just, you just don't get to know this about me. There's some stuff that, uh, there's some stuff that you're just not going to share in the public arena. I'll prove it to you. On the count of three, I want all of us to shout out the deepest, darkest, struggle that's going on in our life right now. Ready? You're not going to do that, are you? No, of course you're not. And I would never ask you to. That's ridiculous. Because there's a part of you that you go, hey, I'm okay with you knowing this much, but until there's some trust, until we spend some time together, you don't get to know the rest. And that's okay. The problem is for a lot of us, this is everything. We never, we don't have any relationships that move past the arena phase. And Jesus was warning about this in Matthew because this was the religious leaders of his time. All they ever did was the arena. And they'd say everything they do is done for people to 
Which, by the way, that's what social media is. It's the illusion of community in a system that's just designed around what you want people to see. I'm not telling you not to use it. I'm not, even, I'm not saying it's a sin. I'm just saying be careful that you don't build your whole life around what is seen. Somebody should say amen right now. Because this is the least authentic part of who you are. They make their phylacteries wide and the tassels on their garments long. They're trying to look spiritual. He, he, he says it again in verse 27. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You're like whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. And that's been me. It's probably been you too, but I'll just talk about me. Like there have definitely been seasons of my life where I'm just trying to keep the appearances up on the outside, and the truth is I'm dead on the inside. And I'd rather nobody know about it because it's too embarrassing and there's too much shame associated with it. That's the arena. I know and you know. This is the stuff I'm okay with you knowing about me. Then there's also a part of you called the mask. This is the part that I know, but you don't. No, I'm not. In fact, there's, there's, there are probably, I don't know, around 20 people in my life who when we hang out, when we talk, it's A, I'm really jacked up right now. I'm really angry or I'm in a lot of pain or I'm really tempted to do something I should not do. Or I've been thinking about, I've been having some thoughts that I know are not good for me. That's the mask. It's this, this part of you that you take it away and you go, I gotta be honest about what's really going on with me. And the thing about the mask is, if you never take the mask off, you're in big, big, big trouble. One of my favorite leaders in the world says it this way, I'll always stay as sick as my secrets. And you will. And I will. So again, on the count of three, everybody shout your secret. One, two, I'm just, I'm just kidding. It's heavy, so I'm just trying to lighten the mood, all right? I'm just trying to lighten it up just a little bit, all right? That's what Paul says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2. He says, we refuse. Everybody say refuse. We refuse to wear masks and play games. Rather, we keep everything we do and say where? Out in the open. C.S. Lewis said it this way, friendship is born at that moment when one person says to another, what? You too? I thought I was the only one. And you need that. You, you need that connection with somebody where you go, oh, man, that's so refreshing to hear that somebody else has felt what I've felt. It's so refreshing to hear that I'm not the only one that wanted to choke my husband. Come on, y'all. Don't act like you've never been mad at your spouse. Some of you, just, some of you have got blood splatter on the inside of your car right now from the drive to church. It's a mess out there. And then you pulled into the parking lot and you took a deep breath and you got out of the car and you walked to the front door and you put your mask on and everybody's like, how you doing? And you're like, I'm just, we're just so great. We're just wonderful. We're just, here to, we're just here to worship and sing and hear the word. It's gonna be great. Don't you dare tell anybody what just happened. You are just faking it. Come on, somebody. It's the truth. You guys are familiar with this passage, right? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Almost everybody's heard that one. If you've been around church or Christian people long enough, you might have even heard the next part. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. If you've really been around long enough, you might have heard the next part. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. We never talk about this next one. This 
is the verdict. What is a verdict? This is like, this is the judgment. This is the end. This is the decision. This is the verdict of Jesus and, and God sending his one and only son. Light, everybody say light. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their, what, deeds were evil. That's why when I say, on the count of three, shout your secret, we're like, mm-mm. That's gonna, I'm going to keep that in the dark. Feel safer in the dark. But the whole, one of the whole reasons that Jesus went to the cross was so that you don't have to live in the dark. So that you could bring things into the light. Everyone who does evil hates the light. That's me. That's you. And will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be what? Exposed. But whoever lives by the truth, everybody say truth. Not your truth. Not my truth. The truth. Y'all know that's a thing, right? I know it's not popular to say that anymore. But I just need you to know. Jesus said, and I think he's kind of the authority on the thing, since the Bible says he was fully grace and truth. Whoever lives by the truth, y'all still with me or are you too offended? Y'all good? All right. Comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done where? In the side. Like he saw it all along anyway. He knew what, he knows what your secrets are. What he did is he sent his son Jesus so that you could have the grace and the mercy necessary to take the stuff that you'd rather keep in the dark but bring it into the light so that you can be free from it. And that's why James says, confess. Everybody say confess. Yeah, see how you said it? See how you're like, confess. Like, I don't, I don't think I've ever met, maybe you have, Pastor Perry, I don't think I've ever met anybody who you're like, hey, what was the highlight of your day? And they're like, I confessed all of my sins. You ever met anybody like that? Like, if they did, you'd be worried about them, wouldn't you? But James says, confess your sins to each other. Why? Because then you're going to hear somebody say, I've been there too. Let's pray. I know what that's like. I've, I've had to fight that battle. Let's pray. Let's go to God. Let's get some freedom. Let's get the shame off of you. We, we kind of live in a shame culture now, right? Like if somebody's not doing something we like, we, we make up names for them, Karen or whatever. Like we just shame people like crazy. That's Right? That's what it is. Let's call it what it is. We live in a shaming society. It's the new religion. Because people haven't found the thing that's authentic. Right? But I'm just like, the, the, the point of the cross is not shame on you, it's shame off of you. Come on, somebody. It's, it's shame off of you. It's get that, get freedom from that thing. Stop living in the darkness. Stop hiding. Stop worrying about what's going to happen when, when somebody finds out. Just go ahead and let them know. Just get it out there. Then you don't have anything to worry about. You got some people praying for you and fighting for you, and you can live in freedom. That's what Paul, Paul says in Colossians 4.12, Epaphras, who is one of you and, and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you. Come on, that's the kind of friend you need. That you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. Jesus came, gave his life for the brokenness of humanity, and then made it possible for us to take all the stuff that buries us in shame and guilt and to come together with other people who need grace and forgiveness just as much as we do and say, hey, you know what I'm struggling with? No, what are you struggling with? I was, I, I went, I was on a website that I probably shouldn't have been on. Oh, man, I know what that's like. Been there. You want to you get, get some accountability software? We can check on each other and 
just keep our hearts pure and our eyes clean. Yeah, man, that, that sounds great. And I'm just telling you, the moment you open your mouth and say, I messed up, shame leaves. It's gone. It has no power over you anymore. Come on, say amen, somebody. It just, it, it just leaves. So we've got the arena, we've got the mask, then there's a third part of you, and it's what we call blind spots. This is the part that I don't know, but you do. I have blind spots. You have blind spots. There, there's, there, even today, speaking, there, there might have been something that I said that I didn't say it right, and you're like, man, he needs to work on that. That's a blind spot. I used to do it a lot more. I used to offend large swaths of people all the time unintentionally. I think I've gotten a little better. Said, ter- said some terrible things. And then I had some people who love me enough to come to me and say, hey, man, like, I know how passionate you were about that, but do you know how many people you, you uh, kind of set off, how many people you triggered by what you said there? Oh, gosh, that's not what I wanted to do. And you get better. We've all got blind spots. My staff, I, I, one of the reasons I love our team is because we find each other's blind spots and we don't expose them for the sake of our own ego. We just cover for each other. We cover. Caitlin has come to me one time and she said, hey, hey, do you know like sometimes when we're having a conversation, you just walk away? (laughs) It's like you see something shiny and like I'm telling you something important. I'm pouring my heart out or telling you something I think you should know and then you're just gone. (laughs) You just vanish. Like, I'm so sorry. Because I'm a little ADD. And especially in, a, in the church setting, the church context, I'm just, I constantly, I was talking with my friend John one Sunday out in the lobby. He's like telling me something important. I'm like, that vinyl's peeling over there. It's coming off the wall. Like, that's, we need to fix that. I just, like, I just, it's a blind spot. It's a blind spot for me. Uh, um, we'll have our, our staff meetings, and I will say, say that I, care about certain things or that I want to do things or that I'm going to take care of that there's something I'm going to do. And then usually within about 30 seconds after a staff meeting ends, I start getting task assignments in our software that we use for that. It's called Basecamp. It's usually Whitney. Or it's usually Whitney who's sitting there being like, you said you do this. You said you do this. You said you... She's giving me due dates. I'm like, hey, who's in charge here? What's going on? Why did I even say I would do those things? I don't want to do those things. Blind spots. I have them. You have them. That's why the Bible says, faithful are the wounds of who? A friend. You don't want a stranger to be like, hey man, you got something hanging out of your nose. But you want your friend to tell you, right? Like, hey dude, you need a tissue. Clean that up. Faithful are the wounds of the friend, but the kisses of an enemy are Deceitful. So, hey, just, just warning. If you've surrounded yourself with people who are just always like, oh, no, you're good. You, just, you be you. You do your thing. Speak your truth. You're in trouble. I'm, st- I'm just telling you, you're in trouble. You need some people who love you enough to go, hey, you know, you're like, you just don't seem like you have a lot of joy lately. Are you Okay. What's up? I noticed you're losing your temper more quickly than you used to. You kinda, I, was, I was watching you at church. You're getting really short with your kids. You okay? What's going on? You and your wife used to hold hands every time I saw you, and, and, and lately you just seem like you're doing everything you can to be on the opposite side of the room from each other. Do you need to talk to somebody? What's up? You need some people who can get into your blind spots. Hebrews 3.12 says, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be, what, hardened. And the truth is, that's already happening. Like, some of the things, I've intentionally used some some culture terms today 
to, to get us to this point right here. Because if, if, if there was a part of you that was sitting there going, how dare he? Then I just want to say, just, just be open to this idea that maybe you've started to dig your feet in a little in some areas that you've been deceived by the enemy. You've been deceived by culture. You've, you've been deceived by maybe even some people in your life who don't love you enough to tell you the truth. And, and Paul says, be careful that you're not hardened by sins and deceitfulness. That's, that's what sin, this is where sin is really tricky because if the enemy can execute his whole playbook on you, not only will he get you doing the opposite of God's will, he'll get you believing you're right. It's, it's deceitfulness. And if you never move past the arena and you never take the mask off and you have nobody in your life who you've given permission to point out the blind spots, then the thing you miss out on is you'll never reach your potential. There are times in my life where I have gotten isolated and alone, where I've not been intentional enough with healthy relationships, and you know all it did is it delayed me doing all that God had for me, experiencing all that God had for me. It just delayed it. The good news is it doesn't have to be a permanent delay. We can be intentional about building community, about having meaningful friendships and relationships with each other so that we can get to this part of our life that I don't know and, and you don't know, but God knows and together we're gonna figure out what it is. That's part of what we're gonna do together in Life Track. That's why I'd love for you to come if you've never experienced that together. We're gonna figure out the stuff that none of us know yet. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens, sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. You, you need that. You need, you need some healthy friction, right? Even that idea of like iron hitting iron, it's, it's kind of got, it's even got a little bit of violence to it, right? It's not, it doesn't sound like a massage. It's not a trip to the spa. It's intentionally a little like, hey, let's sharpen each other. Paul says in Colossians 2.19, the whole body supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews does what? Come on, how many want to grow? I mean, not this way, but how many want to grow? How many want to grow? As God causes it to grow. So normally I would try to teach and spend part of my time with you building some tension, trying to get you to identify a problem that God can solve in your life. And then I would finish with giving you steps or life application, stuff you can go do. I don't have a bunch of steps for you today. There's just, just a couple things that you can go do. You can start one of them tonight. You, you come to, to, to step one of life track. But the big one you could do this week, get ready for this semester that launches. If you want to get past the arena and really experience freedom and healing and joy, then you gotta take your mask off and you gotta let somebody get in your blind spots so you can find your potential together. So here's, here's your homework, everybody, ready? Get in a group, get in a group. Well, I, don't, I couldn't really find one that I liked. Awesome, awesome. Because we train people to lead groups. So if you can't find one you like, you can start one. Now we do have, there's some things, we want you to have at least experienced group life before, but. We'll get you on a path to get there. Get in a group. Don't do life by yourself. There's another way you can experience this. Get on a team. Make a difference with some people. I'm just telling you, the people who attend True Life regularly who are getting the most out of True Life, they're in groups and they're on teams. They're in groups and they're on teams. Where are all my group and team people at? They're in groups and they're on teams. 
They've got, they've got people who love them, who fight for them. And this is what all, all of us need to make this kind of like a little bit of a motto in 2022. This is, we're gonna keep coming back to this. We're only a month into the year. For, there's 11 more months. I'm just telling you multiple times, we're gonna keep coming back to this. I'm gonna keep calling you to community. Because we've gotta get ourselves here. A little less me, a lot more we. A little less me, a lot more we. Amen? Why don't you stand to your feet across, all across the room if you would. If you're watching online at home, you can stand with us too. That's up to you. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. I got to hang out with a group of people yesterday morning and and film some memories of the last 10 years. You'll hear some of them next weekend. But can I just tell you, all the good ones, well, I mean, they were all good. But the thing that, the consistent theme that I kept hearing over and over and over again was relationship. Somebody connected with somebody. Somebody built a friendship. Somebody was lonely and they're not anymore. find friends, find God, you'll find life. That's how he made you. So heads bowed, eyes closed. One of the beautiful things about our church, I think, is this idea that even if you don't believe everything we believe, we're still going to treat you like family. You can belong to something even, even before you believe. But let me, let me tell you, everything I taught you today works best if you're surrendered to Jesus. If you have a relationship with Jesus. Find friends, find God. Find life. And so with every head bowed, every eye closed, if, if you're in this room today and say, hey, hey Michael, I, I'm, I, don't, I haven't found God yet. I, don't, I haven't done that part. I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I, he's not Lord of my life. And I know today that needs to happen. And I'm ready. I'm ready to begin a relationship with Jesus. I'm not going to call you to the front or anything like that, but I would love to know that you're in the room. Would you, real quick, would you just wave at me and just say, hey, you're talking to me. I need Jesus in my life, and, and he's not a part of my life. Just wave, wave your hand at me real quick. Just up and right back down. Anybody? I see it. Anybody else? Anyone else? Awesome. Anybody else? Good job. Anybody else? Awesome. Good job. Anybody else? I need Jesus, I need Jesus. If you raised your hand or if you're watching online at home and today's the day, you're ready to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ. I just wanna help you with your, with your prayer. It's this moment of stepping into a relationship with him, just talk to him and just say, hey Jesus, today I'm surrendering my life to you. I'm beginning relationship with you. Thank you that you're not going to put shame on me. You're going to pull shame off of me. And I'm sorry for all the time I've spent living my life without you. Please forgive me. From this day on, my life is going to be for you, with you. I believe you died on the cross and paid the penalty for my sin and my mistakes. And I believe three days later you rose from the dead. I, I believe in my heart. And I confess today with my mouth, Jesus Christ, you are Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. If you prayed that prayer with me today, Amanda's going to be back out here in a second. She'll have some instructions for you. So make sure you listen carefully. For everybody else in the room, everybody else in the room, just hang with me for one more second. You say, hey, Michael, I... Um, if I'm being honest, I'm struggling. I, I have not been as intentional as I could be in being in community. And so I'm not taking my mask off really and I don't really have anybody who's helping me with my blind spots and 
so I'm not really reaching my potential. And I realized today that I need to, I need to take some steps toward community. I, I need to do that. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If I'm talking to you, would you just, just wave your hand at me? Just say, hey, I need community and I, I need to be intentional about getting into community. Yep, hands all over the place, all over the place. Anybody else? Yep, okay, awesome, good job. Thank you for being honest. Thank you for being honest this morning. And so I'm gonna pray a prayer over you and I just wanna be honest with you. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to just like not leave you alone until you take those steps. Get in a group, get on a team get honest with somebody about where you're at and what's going on. Like I just, I'm going to pray that when you wake up in the morning and before you go to bed at night that it's, he's just going to keep bringing it to mind that hey, you, you still need community. You still need family. So Heavenly Father, you saw those hands that went up. Holy Spirit, you're in this room. And I pray for each and every person who had the boldness today to be honest that we're just not where we could be or where we'd like to be when it comes to relationship with each other and community and spiritual family. And so, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just bother people. Just bother them with your, in just your gentle, loving way until we take that step. And if it's courage that's lacking, I pray that you would give courage today. If it's intentionality, God, I pray that we would get intentional with our time and our calendars and our relationships. But it's obvious in your word that you've meant for us to be in community with each other. And so I thank you for those who have been honest enough today to say, I need to, I need to do some stuff. I need to get intentional. I need to take some steps. And I pray that they would do that. And God, I thank you for all of the small group leaders and all of the people who are going to participate in groups this semester. I thank you for the way we are going to grow as you cause us to grow. I thank you that we are your church and the gates of hell will not prevail against us. I pray your blessing over each and every person today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.